So I was going to talk about the newest Insidious film, but I figured I don't believe I've spoken about all of the films on this channel yet, so I figured I'd do one of those franchise entries again. You know, I did one for Hellraiser. Um, I've done them for a bunch of movies, and I feel like Insidious kind of deserves a little bit more than just talking about its most recent one since I haven't done it already. Now, this series started 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, I believe. I think the first one came out around 2012, and the first one is outstanding. Like, you can't hack the first one. You can't say shit about the first one, and that's my personal opinion, is that I don't believe there really can be anything that anybody can say negatively about the first one except the fact that they can't watch it and if you can't watch it by all means you know i understand it is probably the scariest of the series and i want to say more than likely the most successful one i think two was just as successful excuse me for that um and then it just kind of goes slightly downhill in my opinion you know but i don't want to say that it does the same as like paranormal activity how that went downhill or how b-movie level like hellraiser went after a, a few of them uh insidious having right now a five film stable it kind of should in my opinion leave it here i think right now where it is at where it's at is good I don't think they should do more of the story unless they want to sort of do what they did for chapter three. Um, but again, that's, you know, they're still successful. You know, there's still films that people watch and talk about. Um, but truthfully, if I had to put them in like order, I would say it goes one, two, three. No, I would say it goes one, two, red door, three, and then last keys at the very end. Last, the last key that came out about five years ago. It's definitely not my favorite. It's probably the least favorite of mine, since I put it at the very bottom of this list, obviously. But for many reasons, simply because the last key I feel like was just them trying to figure out what they could do with the story. So they were just sort of like, let's make another prequel. You know, like that's, that's what it feels like. Like, it feels like just a prequel storyline that really wasn't making a lot of sense like i know it's meant to tell the story of the older lady who is kind of like the the medium in the film series and what like her sort of upbringing was like and this storyline of uh why she is the medium and where her kind of not powers but where her abilities kind of come from and why she embraced it and her family in a way i'm sort of okay with that but it's still kind of weird when three of the films are about the exact same family and two of them are completely separate. So it's sort of like, are you trying to make this about her as the medium? And these are like case files of hers, sort of what The Conjuring is. But the problem is The Conjuring is based on, you know, a real life paranormal, you know, married couple who that's what they did. And this is made up and you don't have a lot of storyline for it. Like, if that's what you wanted to do, by all means, you could probably make a bunch of them, you know? Like, they so far, they've made one with her, like, right before... That's what three is. Three is the kind of the right before the the um, the um the events of Insidious 1. So, Insidious Chapter 1, like I think storyline-wise, the times table of everything, it goes the last key, Insidious Chapter 3, 
Insidious, Insidious Chapter 2, The Red Door. That's, I believe, the appropriate timeline of how to watch this in chronological order, not in just release order. So if you wanted to make it where, yeah, you get a younger actress and it's her at the very beginning of being like, what's the word they use? I think it's like a demologist or a demonologist. I believe it's how you actually pronounce it. Her her sort of stories of being a demonologist and her connection to the further. I mean, I guess if you wanted to do that, because you can't make sequels. So if you can't make sequels, you can't use the actress because the actress who plays the the demonologist, I forget her name, she's dead. You know, like she dies at the end of the first one. So the only stories you were able to do were the prequel events, because by the time the second one rolled around, you could only kind of use her in cameo fashion. And then Red Door comes out and you can't use her at all because this is years after the events of chapter two years after like the, the little boys that are in there that are like six or seven years old they're in college now so it's years after those events and she's been dead so you can't do anything else at least with that family i, I believe it's the lambert family you can't do anything with the lambert family you can't do anything with this lady unless it's prequels so you have to make more prequel stories that sort of make sense so i hope in my deepest of hearts this series kind of ends here. I think five films for this series is enough. And the trilogy of the Lambert family is the best part of the series. So, you know, you have one in all of its glory. Then you have chapter two, which kind of continues because of anybody who's been exposed to the series. Chapter one is all about the demon trying to possess the little boy. And in the process of saving the little boy, um, the father winds up being the one that gets possessed by a demon who's been haunting him since he was a kid. But he's been kind of closed off to her energy. And because he opens himself back up and leaves himself vulnerable, she comes in and takes over and then leaves his soul in the further while she's kind of taking over his presence. Chapter 2 picks up on that as she slowly is taking over more and more control of him and has the ability to kind of, you know, push him and his subconscious out completely and just take control of his body to do really horrible things. And then that film progresses to the point where they eventually save the father, and then the father's fine, and then it jumps into Chapter 3, which is a prequel, then The Last Key, which is a prequel. Chapter 3 is just a random case that the lady gets. It's sort of like the precursor to the the... The um the paranormal group, I guess, I forget what their names are too, that she creates. You know, she goes in in Insidious 1 and she has these two guys that are following her and they assist her in this paranormal hunt that they do. So chapter 3 is kind of the story of how they all meet and start this, this you know, this team together. And then the last key is the lady all younger, very, very young, like a teenager, and again, being exposed to her powers and learning how to manage them and then being introduced to the further. Now we jump to the Red Door, which is this year's. The concept of making it take this long in a way, and I believe it's all the same actors too. You know, it's obviously the same mother, the same father, but I believe it's also all the same kids, which to me is, I think, is a great little touch. You know, get the same kids as they're this age, because if you think about it, 12 years ago say if this kid was even trying to be an eight-year-old he's now a 20-year-old and it makes sense for him to be in college so he's going off to college and we're introduced to the family again it's 10 years after the events of what happened at the end of insidious 2 
and the mother and father are divorced. The son is resentful. And between the son and the father, there's this kind of imbalance within them where they're sort of coming off like they're like forgetful. They're sort of on autopilot. They're not really social. And it's sort of this reason why the mother and the father got divorced. Then you jump uh, a little bit further into the film. You discover that the mother had this other psychic like close off the memories the really bad memories of all the shit that happened during those first two films so the son never remembers and the father never remembers but all they know is that they have this hate in their heart for some reason and they can't explain it they're just hateful to the rest of the world so what happens is the boy is older and he leaves the nest so he's kind of by himself and because he's alone the demons that sort of want him are trying to get in again and they're trying to sort of escape through his art and his art and his paintings are kind of this this way that they communicate with him to kind of still try to break through because they just they they just really want him. The, the demon that's in there really wants him and it really wants his soul. So the father has to take up the mantle. They discover what was happening. And now he's got to go back in and he's got to find the red door. Essentially, in the further, there's a red door that leads to this demon's lair. And this red door has been a theme throughout the entire series. It pops up in every movie at some point in time. And so the father goes in, finds his son's soul, saves him. But then there's this moment where you sort of want there to be the ultimate sacrifice. But then you sort of don't. Now, does it happen? That much I'm not going to tell you simply because I do, if you have not seen this movie yet this year, I think it came out over the summer. So if you are a fan, you probably have seen it already. But if you haven't, you should totally watch it because to me, this is a great full circle moment for this series. I really hope they end it here and they don't try to push it any further or do anything more with it because it's unnecessary. The film has is at such a good point right now, and I don't care how successful it is. I think it cost like ten million to make, and of course, what did it make? It made like an obnoxious hundred and fifty million or hundred and sixty million. You know, on that kind of budget, you're talking. You know, the the, the, the Hollywood's gonna want to make more, but they're gonna make shitty stories. I just I don't want shitty stories. I want this series to end. Right where it is, I think it's perfect. I think this is the nice little cherry on top. The little red door cherry, I think this is perfect. Leave it at this, please. Please leave it at this, I hope. But for now, even if they don't, even if James Wong comes out of nowhere and he's got this great idea for the next Insidious, hopefully it's good. And then that could be something that kind of adds to it as well. It's almost like when they brought back Toy Story 3. When Toy Story 3 came out out of nowhere... It was tremendous and so good just at that. And they should have just left it at that. You didn't need Toy Story 4. I think I've used that analogy before, but it's such a perfect, like, it's such a perfect analogy for what I'm trying to say. You need to, Hollywood needs to learn that sometimes you have to stop and they don't. They, they never, they almost never, you know. Insidious, probably not going to be the only example ever again. And you see that example of Paranormal Activity, Hellraiser, Saw, all these horror films and horror franchises. They're just going to run them into the ground. And sometimes I just wish they would just see it and go, okay, this is enough. We're going to stop here. 
maybe this will happen, maybe it won't, but for now, The Red Door is a good ending to this franchise, in my opinion.